Joining me in our studio is uh, Andy Goldsmith, Executive Vice President of Amit. It has been too long since I have seen Andy, and it has been too long since you have joined us on the air. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Nachum. Well, you came to my neighborhood and uh, literally could roll out of bed and come to the studio. That's why um, you were here so early, huh? Exactly, and, and there were muffins, so you know, you know, how, you know how to get to a man's uh, home. <laughs> yes, it's, our, it's the secret that we know very well. Uh, first of all, I have to, I have to comment. I've met a lot of people. I was at a wedding recently where a lot of your very loyal board members were. Um, you have an extremely loyal base of support at Amit and a lot of very proud people, lay leaders, who are thrilled with the inroads that your organization continues to make in Israel, especially in the world of education or the area, I should say, of education. So you should be very proud of that. I'm sure you are. And uh, even though you haven't been with us for a while, we should not suspect, nor should our listeners, that the organization is not thriving and moving forward really nicely. It's interesting. Uh, Amit leaders are passionate. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I always make the joke, I mean, it's like the mafia. Once you're in, you're in. And it's very interesting because right now, every four years, uh, unlike a lot of other Jewish organizations, we actually change our leadership. It's by board mandate. Every four years, we have a new slate, a new set of officers come on, new set of board members. Um, and right now, we're in that transition period. So we're seeing some, some of our people, even a whole new crop of people coming in. But that uh, must kill you when certain people walk out. You know, it's really tough, uh, but the culture the, uh, of Amit is such that people, when they come in, they know that bringing in new blood, bringing in new people is part of what we do. But right now, listen, I'm hijacking your program right now. <laughs> okay, I want everybody on listening, <laughs> Nachum's program is being hijacked. I want to talk a little bit for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcast. <laughs> wow. All right, because I am one of the silent majority who listen but have never given money before. Okay? Wow. Uh, and I, you're willing to admit I, it. And I feel bad about that. So here, so right now I am becoming a major donor <laughs> of the you. Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting wow. with my Thank 25, no, with my, with my <laughs> gift to you. Thank you very uh, much. But I, th this, is, this is my thinking because I've listened to your show for a very long time. And i got to say, you know, we live in a world where our community is torn apart by so many things. And you've done this remarkable, almost miraculous thing of building a virtual Jewish community. I travel the Jewish world. That's my job. I'm all over. Wherever I am, the Nachum Siegel Show is this common denominator. This network is this, well, you can start a conversation. Did you hear about it on JM and the AM? It's remarkable. So, uh, first of all, for that alone, it's worthy of support. But the bigger issue is here, listen, you want to hear Charlie Harari speak, you've got to pay $45,000 to a Pesach program. <laughs> here you get to hear it for free. You get Naomi, I listen to Naomi Nachman. My wife listens, listens to her. I gain weight just listening to that program. It's a remarkable thing. And you've got all the other things. So, listen, if you're in the audience, if you're listening to this thing, if you're one of the people like me who listen and feel a little bit bad, you've never given a check, this is the time to give a check. And I went to Starbucks the other day to get a cup of coffee for, for a meeting with someone. It cost me $7 for a cup of coffee. I was like, you know, I'm blown away with this. I'm not a coffee person. $7. I'm thinking, okay, I listen to the show every morning. All right. Um, you've got bills to pay here. Come on. This is a great service. Folks, Thank if you're you. in the audience, take a moment, write a check, go on the, on the app, um, but make a gift. It's an extraordinary show. And Nachum, it's a, it's, it's a privilege to not only to be on the show, but to listen to the show every day. I really appreciate it. I'm okay. going to use this opportunity to remind people that it's FJB Unity fjbunity.org, and I really thank you for that. Andy Goldsmith is here. I think what you just said in this monologue 
is that we're your morning cup of coffee. That's what it sounds oh, that like. that was good. It sounds like that we, was really you're going good. to Starbucks. You don't realize that That's we it. as a network are really the That's coffee it. that gets you going. In the, we're, we're the shot in the arm for you in the morning. So give this network, this modestly named network. And by the way, you know, the CNN, ABC, um, you know, CBS. Or, but this is the Nachum Siegel network. All right. You know, this is Miriam Wallach's fault because she insisted that it has to be Nachum Siegel network. I hear you. It's all about the branding. Andy, Andy was accusing us of having immodest named the network. <laughs> and I think, he, I think he might be right. And, and I would add, by the way, for the right dedication opportunity, someone could rename this network. Now we're talking. There now, you go. You really are a good right, fundraiser. There you go. There you go. There you go. Unbelievable. But now I'm going to give the show back to you. I appreciate Okay, we are unhijacked. You are now back in control of your own show. The, um, this is a time of year where a lot of people... First of all, you, you really did floor me with this whole change of leadership thing. I say that because you've developed relationships with certain colleagues, with certain people. I mean, I know what it's like. You talk about FJB. I know what it's like to have a chairman and people I rely on who I can go to, not just in times of emergency, but for advice and, and to you know, really move things forward, to bring a new initiative or program to. And it must be interesting when that group changes. You know, we're a 95-year-old organization that's still relevant. All right. Now, how many Jewish organizations out there yeah. are as vibrant as us? We have 50,000 supporters across the United States. Wow. Our operation in Israel, our annual budget is $125 million. You know, we have uh, 106 schools. We have 36,000 students. The only way you keep growing, the only is, is a constant evolvement right. towards whatever is better. And our culture is that. Some it, organizations do that with the Young Leadership Division and things, but you literally are changing leadership as you move yeah, forward. Yeah, and it's, it's impactful. And almost all of our leadership, not always. Some people, you know, it's tough. Right. You, you finally get to be in that role right. that you've aspired to be in your whole life. You know, Audrey Trackman is going to our new coming, in, our new incoming Amit president. Extraordinary background from Wharton, from Philip Morris, really an executive with incredible, incredible uh, ability to lead. Right, um, and she's replacing Debbie Mowat, who was there for the last four years. Debbie's great, and Debbie's extraordinary. And she had our presidency, and now it's time for the next president. Um, it's not simple because people aspire their whole, their whole Jewish communal career to get to that point, and then they have their four years, and then it's time for the next Correct. person. Um, but that's how we grow. Most people get that, um, and that's the reason we have young leadership that's active because people know there's a place to move up to. Right. You know, I hate the Jewish organizations that play musical chairs. You know, where the president becomes the chairman, or there's a co-president because the president doesn't want to leave after 50 years. It just stymies the organization. So you always have to be looking at new blood and new ideas, uh, and that's I think that's one of the reasons that we've been successful. For Andy so long. Goldsmith's here. The number that you said that caught our ear when we were with Amit in Jerusalem was 106. It is unbelievable, and it's amazing to me that, you know, just like we discovered it, I'm sure people are discovering it in this conversation, and as, you know, as Jewish communal life moves forward, it is unbelievable. That number of schools, 106, is astounding, and you've made a commitment, and that's why I say the education arm of your organization is really always on top of things. You made a commitment to keep them not only active, but really keep them at the top of their game. Well, you know, what's really interesting, I know there's, there's a lot of talk now about influencers right. and, you know, online, which I, you know, whether it's real or not, it's very hard to say. 30% of the Ethiopian student population in Israel is educated by Amit, by us. 30%, which really makes us a societal influencer. Now, I was in Israel last week when they had this terrible right. either either accident or right. crime. Right. We don't know exactly what it is. They, they did work itself out. But the, the anger that was there, the protest that we're, is palpable. Now, those are our students. 30% of those kids, those elementary school and high school students, are our kids. And we're now saying, okay, how do we respond to that? 
How do we educate our kids so they're not the ones in the streets, uh, you know, causing They're the ones who are going to build the next Israel, build the, what... Be build. members of Knesset. Exactly. And, and be rabbis. Exactly. And, and that's our challenge, and that's what we've done. Now, the good thing is we've done it before. You know, we did it with the North African Aliyah. We did it with the Russian Aliyah. Uh, we're doing it now with the Ethiopian Aliyah. And now with the French kids that are coming, you know, all of, the, all of France is leaving. Okay, they're leaving. They're coming to Israel or going to other places. And what's extraordinarily interesting about it for us is previously you had populations that would come from really bad places that were so thrilled to be in Israel. The French kids, the French teens are different. They were pretty happy where they were, and they're being forced to go to Israel, and they're not so happy about it. And we get them in high school, which is a wonderful age, you know, where everybody's well-adjusted. <laughs> is that what the educators right. tell you? <laughs> um, so you have a school where you have 1,000 high school kids, and suddenly you're getting 300 French kids. And our responsibility is to integrate them into Israeli society. And that's the kind of stuff we, we, we struggle with. Uh, it's, it, but it's an extraordinary time, Nachum. I know you're in it Israel sure is. almost, as, almost as much as I am. It's, it's an extraordinary, extraordinary time, and you get the opportunity to meet the doctors and nurses and meet the rabbis and meet the members of Knesset, all who came from your schools. Yeah. You get to see all these people, lawyers. I mean, you get to see some people who are really making a difference in Israel, who are, who are part of the three million presidents, right, that you we know, talked about before. <laughs> on the micro level, it's incredible. But the micro level doesn't tell the whole story. Okay, right. it's it, our business is one of really of measurable outcomes. If you're doing responsible philanthropy, it's about measurable outcomes, and that's what we have. That, but here's the five mile case uh, that, that struck me. You know, I was in Israel. Um, not uncommon for me to be there uh, last week for a couple of days, and I was stuck on a highway. I think going from Tel Aviv to Petah Tikva, and I looked off in the distance, and without exaggeration, I think I saw 26 cranes operating, right? The new joke is, what's the national bird of Israel? The crane, all right? This incredible boom of building, this incredible, really a military superpower now, an economic superpower. So the question is, you and I, and, and most of the listening audience, anyone probably under over 35 years old, right? I'm, you're just 36 yourself. Uh, grew up with the case for giving for Israel. Give to Israel or Israel won't survive, okay? And that we know today is absolute nonsense. It's just not true anymore. Are there poor people in Israel? Of course there are poor people in Israel. And there are organizations you know, taking care of them. We're hopefully. sitting there in the five towns. I've lived here most of my whole life. Not generally a poor area. Are there poor people in the five towns? Absolutely. There's Tomchei Shabbos. There's all these other things. There are poor people everywhere. So the question is, what is our relationship now? If Israel isn't the poor little cousin that we've given money to to get by, what is our role? And if you look at it on a societal level, it's extraordinary. On one side of the population, you have a Haredi population, which, and this is not a judgment at all, which doesn't identify with the values of the state of Israel. They've cornered the market on Talmud Torah. It's unbelievable what they've done for Talmud Torah. It's, it's a renaissance like we've never seen before, I would say, since the time of Shlomo HaMelech. It's unbelievable. But they have blinders on the Talmud Torah, and that causes other issues, right? On the other side of the population, you have a Haredi population, which also less and less identifies with the values of the state of Israel. You want a proof of that? Go to a, a coffee bean and tea leaf in L.A., sit there, the language you're going to hear is Hebrew, because they're leaving. And we're the middle. Amit is that middle. You know, 99% of our students are going on to national service, are going on to the army, are going on to university. They're the builders of the country. So the question isn't... And they're going to live the rest of their lives in Israel. Absolutely. And they're committed to it. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, you cut them open, little, Israel, you know, little uh, Israeli flag icons bleed out sometimes quite literally. Um, so the question is, what is this country going to look like five years, 10 years, 20 years from now? And that's where we are playing that role. Um, and that's what's extraordinary about Not what we're doing. Not always, by the way, the easiest pitch. A lot of times people don't realize that this investment is literally going to change and, and uh, help 
the state flourish down the road 10 years from now. So as you say, you know, people don't always realize that. You have a core group of people that gets that, that understands the importance of you know, it. If you're serious about your philanthropy, if you take it really seriously, you look not for the short term, right. okay, here they get, I get my plaque. You look for the long term investment. And one of the things that makes, um, I mean, it's so incredible, is I'm able to go to a supporter and go to our members, and we have extraordinary members around the world who recognize that, but say, hey, make this investment with us, and I'm gonna show you at one year, two year, three years, the impact that you made. We took a kids, a bunch of, uh, of young men and women from Stayroad, which is a tough place to live, not just because they get rocket fire every 14 minutes, <laughs> or enough to, and have 12 seconds to get to a shelter, but because it's a poor city. And the kids in Stayroad, the kids in Kiryat Malachi, and 70% of our kids in the Amit Network come from areas like this. Um, they don't get the same opportunities as the kid in Renana. Let me tell you something. You take a kid, a five-year-old kid from Renana and a five-year-old kid from Stayroad, at the start of their education, they're in exactly the same place. They're just as smart. They're just as capable. It's a question of what opportunities do you give them. And that's where we come in. We give them those opportunities, and they astound us with their capability to perform. It's incredible. And uh, you, really do have, you do have one secret weapon when it comes to convincing people to be supporters and to move forward with you, and that is if they come and visit a school with you. Because we have heard, I mean, directly from, from your, like I say, your colleagues and lay leaders, we have heard what kind of transform transformative experience that's been, just seeing what goes on in the classroom and actually realizing as you sit and stand there that this is the future of the state of Israel right in front of you. You know, the amazing thing is, by admit, no child left behind isn't a political slogan. It's our policy. Right. And we live and breathe it. Um, like you said, when we bring our, our people to our schools, Israeli kids are not shy about telling you <laughs> their opinions. Okay, and I'm going around with people and I'm showing them the school and I, and I stop random kids and I probably stop at this point a couple of thousand kids and I say, tell me what, what you like about the school and then tell me what you don't like about the school. And without fail, and this is incredible, you think about in the age of Jewish education where we're spending money on facilities yeah. and in curriculum iPads. and on all the <laughs> iPads, everything. Without fail, and I mean thousands of conversations, every kid answers the same thing. It's my relationship with my teacher. All right? It's that personal one-to-one. -one, and everybody, everyone in the listening audience, everybody had that one high school sure. teacher. I hope you did. You know, who, who saw more in you than you knew about you at that time. You know, I had a Rabbi Yechezkel Lehrer, Rabbi Asher Seba, when I was in OTI, Oliver Shalom. All right? You know, and everyone's had that teacher. And that's the difference that it makes. So, yes, we have to give them the best curriculum. We have to give them the best opportunities to succeed. We have to give them the best training so their Bagrit scores can go off the charts. And that is the next step to get into a good unit in the Army and get into a university in Israel, which isn't so simple. It's not so simple. The tender age of 15 and 16 in Israel, if you don't perform academically, you're finished. It's not like America where, right. you, where you can be a guy like me or you who did nothing in high school and somehow you're able to do something. Okay? I you learned so much about me. Exactly. The Israel, I read uh, Wikipedia. Uh, I, but the Israel educational system is not very forgiving. It's not very good on second chances. So we have to give them that opportunity. Uh, we've been successful in doing that. So you take them around and you meet these kids and that's what they say. Um, it's that relationship. So we have 30, 35, 36,000 kids. How do you maintain that connection with each kid? You don't know the number of teachers offhand, do you? Uh, it's, 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 in the, be in it's in the thousands. Yeah, it's be in the thousands. Uh, offhand, I don't know. Cause, oh, know not, not always easy to find people that are, of, uh, it, that are able to reach children the way they do. You know, the hard part, you can find them. The hardest part is training them right. and keeping and feeding them and giving that. You know, you've been doing the same thing for five, six, seven, eight, twelve, thirteen years. Um, but the ones who are good at it, my God, they have a fire in them. You know, if we could bottle it, we could make a fortune. Hundred percent. Andy Goldsmith, how do people uh, 
reach Amit? How do they donate to Amit? How do they find out information about Amit? How do they visit a school in Israel through Amit? Listen, go to the website. That's the best portal of entry. Or call us. Let us know. But if, if just ask anybody in your community. Everybody is connected to us somehow. It, it's not uncommon for us to have four generations of the same family involved. The great-grandmother. It, it's incredible. Um, take a look. Come take a look at our website. Come see what we do. I have to tell you something. If you're interested in Jewish education in Israel, if you're serious about it, if you want to make that investment with us, we're fully transparent. Um, we have the highest ratings on Charity Navigator and, and GuideStar, and those are hard-earned things. All right, we send we send our money to Israel. We don't spend it on our marketing. All right, you're not going to see our ads in the newspapers because we generally don't have them. Uh, we we our marketing. Uh, I like to say we invented social media. You know, nine, <laughs> nine, and, and this is my I, I, Al Gore. We really did. Ninety-five years ago, how did you learn about Amit? You can't. Your neighbor told you about it. Word of and, mouth. And dragged <laughs> you to event after event till you became a believer. You know, it made you feel guilty. Exactly. It sounds like a, like a Ponzi scheme. You know, a pyramid scheme. But that's what we did. And that's pretty much the same way we do it today. Uh, and it's and it's very effective. And it gets in your blood. And when you see the measurable outcomes, you see what we're able to do. You see how we are literally transforming Israel day by day, making it better, making it a country that we're going to be continue to be so proud of, so proud of. You say, hey, this is this is where I want to be. Two things I got to wrap up with. Number one, um, I can attest to what you said about generations being together in your organization. When you did the theater event that time in Manhattan, when I was there. There were four generations sitting in that That's audience, right. which was very cool That's and right. very interesting to watch. Uh, I don't know how the grandparents always get their grandchildren involved, but it, it's really remarkable how that happens. And a lot of organizations, frankly, would pay for that to be bottled and to be able to be sold. And the second thing is, you would not believe how many people still talk to me about being with you at the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem and reliving those moments from 1967 with your people up uh, on that beautiful balcony in Jerusalem, it was it, it was a, for us a historic event, and we will be tied together with you know through that event together uh, forever, frankly. So come this May, we're going to top that. Okay, come this May, we're going to do our 95th anniversary mission, and we want to do a Nachum Siegel broadcast from the location where the state of Israel was declared in Tel Aviv. Okay, at that very least, you're going to sit at the same place. You know that I have. I, that's so funny. I have chills. Miriam's right. saying to me, she has chills. I am. Okay. I am going crazy right now. Uh, and, 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 and you're going to sit in the place where David Ben Gurion declared, declared the, the state, state of Israel on that Friday, right. 1948. Uh, and it wasn't simple to arrange that, by the way. You know, they're very protective about that in Israel for some reason. Meaning your logistics were not that easy. Uh, yeah, not so simple. But and we, in uh, May also, because you know it's, it's anniversary time. It's going to be May, and listen in the listening audience. The details will be coming out soon. Whether you're a member of the Amit community, you want to be a member of the Amit community. Or you just want to have this incredible experience to understand what is a very complicated little country. Um, you know, keep your eyes up and look for that. Look so for that we want to do that out. for Israel 70. We might just do it for Israel 72, the way it sounds. Wow, that would be amazing. Andy, always a pleasure. Uh, it sometimes know. frustrates me that you could do your own show, frankly, because, <laughs> because you're so talented and you're, I love your wit and, and how quick you are with these lines. But nonetheless, great to have you as a guest. Thanks, Nachum. Andy Goldsmith, everybody. Search I meet online and... Follow Andy's example. He walked in here completely unbeknownst to us and became a donor to the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, and he is asking everybody to follow suit, and you can, at fjbunity.org. More coming up. You are listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. You know where we are. We're at Gotta Get a Bagel on Broadway in Woodmere, New York, and one of the great celebrities of the Jewish world, Aryeh Kunstler, is next at JM in the AM.